How many of you like to receive mail? How many of you would like to receive mail from Jesus? If Jesus were to write us a letter, he might be able to tell us where we're getting it wrong and what we need to change and what we're doing right and what we should keep on doing. Were you aware that Jesus, in fact, has done that at some time? Jesus, in fact, toward the end of the first century, wrote seven letters to churches that were found in Asia. And he explained to those churches things that they were doing right and things that they were doing wrong. It's a strange mixture as you look at these letters. It's a strange mixture of rebuke and a mixture of praise. But as we take a look at these letters, instead of spending our time learning about Ephesus and Smyrna and Philadelphia and those churches, what I'd like for us to do is ask ourselves this question. What kind of letter would we receive? This church here in Franklin, what kind of letter would you receive if Jesus were to write you a letter? What if everyone in this congregation were just like you? Then what kind of letter would this church receive? I want us to look at the mixture of rebuke and praise and ask ourselves the question, if we received a letter from Jesus, would our letter be a letter of rebuke or would it be a letter of praise? As we look at these letters, let's begin by asking this question. Would it be a letter of rebuke because we were declining or would Jesus be able to praise us because we are improving. Notice in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 4, Jesus had some good things to say about the church in Ephesus. But in chapter 2 and verse 4, he said this, Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Now, there are probably as many ways to interpret that as there are commentaries about it. And whatever your particular position on what that exactly means, I think we can all agree that this says they had something in the past that they don't have now. There was something that they had done before that they weren't doing anymore. They had a first love and they had left it. They were declining. And so Jesus rebuked them and told them that they had to repent and go back to that first love. But I want you to notice what he wrote to the church of Thyatira in verse 19 of chapter 2. Now, he had lots of bad things to say to Thyatira, but one good thing, he praised them. He said in Revelation 2.19, I know your works, your love, service, faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. Now, they were doing some things very wrong at Thyatira, and we're going to look at some of those rebukes in a minute, but something they were doing right is they were growing. The things that they were doing for the Lord, they were doing more now than they had been doing before. And so as Jesus wrote them a letter, He was able to praise them because they were improving. Now, what if Jesus were writing a letter here? Signed it to the Franklin Church of Christ. From the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, I know your work. What would he say? Would it be a rebuke for decline or a praise for improvement? Would he have to say, you've left your first love and you need to repent and go back? Or would he be able to say, I know your works and there are more now than there were at the first? 
What if he were writing a letter to you as an individual? Would he have to rebuke you for declining? Oh, it's so easy to become satisfied with where we've gotten in our spiritual growth and then to start the downward slide because after all, I'm doing pretty good. Would he have to rebuke us? You remember what it says in 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 5. In 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 5, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Notice what he says. You've got to add these things. That's improvement. You've got these things have to be yours and they have to be increasing. They have to abound. That's improvement. He said, if you don't, you're short-sighted and you've forgotten who you are. You've forgotten what God did for you. But if you grow in these things, if you're improving, then an entrance to the kingdom of heaven will be assured you. What kind of letter would we receive? Would Jesus have to rebuke us for declining or praise us for improving? As we consider, in fact, these very same churches, we might notice that they were rebuked and praised for some other things. Would Jesus have to rebuke us for tolerating sin? Or would He be able to praise us for not bearing with evil? Notice what it says in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 14. As Jesus wrote to the church of Pergamos in Revelation 2.14, He says, But I have a few things against you. Because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to idols, and to commit sexual immorality. Thus you also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Notice what he said to Thyatira. Now he praised them because they had more works than at the first, but, verse 20, I have the few things against you. Because you allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants, to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. These churches, though there may have been some good things there, one of the bad things for which Jesus had to rebuke them is they tolerated sin. They put up with error and false teaching, and they put up with those who would teach these things and lead others to sin. And so Jesus had to rebuke them. But I want you to notice the praise that he gave to Ephesus in chapter 2, beginning at verse 2. He said, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. The Ephesian church would not bear with evil. They wouldn't bear with those who taught false doctrine that led others away from Christ, that led folks to sin. They wouldn't put up with folks who were sinning. Now, this is not to say, of course, that every time somebody sinned, they booted them out. But those who would refuse to repent were not tolerated. Those who were going to teach error and live in sin. 
were not allowed to be in fellowship with the church at Ephesus, and Jesus praised them for it. They were even so strong as those who came to Him saying, I am an apostle. They put them to the test and found that if they were liars, they would not bear with their evil. What kind of letter would be written to this congregation? Would it be a rebuke for tolerating sin? Or would Jesus be able to praise you for not bearing with evil? It is so easy. It is so easy to have an us-them mentality. It is so easy for us to be able to notice all the sins that others are committing out there and all the things that are going wrong in other churches. And so easy to tolerate it among those who are our own. To kind of turn our heads and look the other way. To think perhaps that maybe if we just don't say anything, they'll straighten up on their own. But Jesus rebuked the toleration of evil and praised those who would not bear with it. What if Jesus were writing you a letter as an individual? Would He have to rebuke you for tolerating sin? Would He have to rebuke you because you tolerate sin in your own life? Would He have to rebuke you because you tolerate sin and just let others that you know should be living a, a life that is right? Those who claim to be Christians, who claim to be our brothers and sisters, would He have to rebuke you because you just let them? Waiting for the elders to do something about it, or the preacher, or, or someone else. They'll get to that and they'll take care of that. Or would He be able to praise you because you don't bear with evil? Would He be able to praise you because you follow what Paul said in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1? Brethren, Galatians 6, 1, If a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Would He praise you because when you see those who are caught up in a trespass, you go to them and you restore them, bringing them back into the fold. But if they refuse to repent, you follow what Paul told the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 6. Verse 5, let's begin there. 1 Corinthians 5, 5. Deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that His Spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Your glorying is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us. If they won't repent, will Jesus be able to praise you because you purged them out? Removing the old leaven so that we can be the new leaven. What kind of leaven would you receive? If Jesus were to write a letter to you, would He be able to praise you because you're using your strength? Or would He rebuke you because you're lukewarm? Probably the most famous of the seven letters is the one to the Laodicean church. In fact, we're going to use them the next couple of times. Because there is just so much wrong with them. But we remember what he says in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 15. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. 
servant, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. He would use the Laodicean church because they were lukewarm. Do you know what it means to be lukewarm? Being lukewarm means that you have been so affected by your surroundings that you are no longer effective in accomplishing anything good. We know cold drinks. Nice glass of ice cold water. That can refresh us and cool us down on a hot day, can it? Or a nice hot cup of coffee or hot tea on a cold day can warm us up. But a room temperature Coke or a room temperature coffee, nobody wants it on any day. They spew it out of their mouth so affected by the environment that it's no longer any good. That's what he said to the Laodicean church. But notice what he said to Philadelphia. In Revelation chapter 3 and verse 8, Jesus wrote to the church of Philadelphia and He praised them. He said, I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it, for you have a little strength have kept my word and have not denied my name. Now, I find this most intriguing because he said, you have little strength. Now, we would think that that would be a rebuke. Oh, the Philadelphian church only has little strength. But it wasn't a rebuke at all. In fact, Jesus didn't have anything negative to say about this congregation. Why? Well, maybe they only had a little strength, but they were using it. They were being effective. They were not denying the name of Christ. They were doing what God wanted. And God gave them an open door and they were walking through it. And they were taking advantage of what God was doing for them. Little strength. But they were not lukewarm. What if Jesus were writing you a letter? He wrote a letter to the Franklin Church of Christ. What would he have to say? Would he have to rebuke you for being lukewarm? So affected by those things that are going on around, but no longer effective in accomplishing change here in the Franklin community? Or would he be able to praise you? Because no matter how much strength you have, you're actually using it and accomplishing things and affecting change and impacting the lives of those in the community around what if he were writing you as an individual? Would he have to rebuke you for being lukewarm? Would he have to rebuke you because you don't stand out in the crowd, but you blend in with everyone with whom you work, with whom you go to school, just like everyone else? Same entertainment, same jokes. You laugh at the same things. You have the same desires and goals. In fact, unless you just told them you came to church, they probably wouldn't know. Or would He be able to praise you? Because no matter how much strength you have, you are using it to walk through the doors of opportunity that God has given you in order to affect change and impact the lives of others. What kind of letter would Jesus write to you? If Jesus were to write a letter to us, would He have to rebuke us because we're focusing on the physical or would he be able to praise us because we're focusing on the spiritual? Notice again what he said to the church at Laodicea in Revelation chapter 3. In verse 17, as he continues to talk about why they were so lukewarm, he says, because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. So Jesus said, you don't know that you are wretched, miserable, 
poor, blind, and naked. What was the problem here? They were focusing on physical things. They had lots of wealth. They had lots of material possessions. They had lots of nice things. And so they were able to justify in their minds how they were living because look at how well God is blessing us. We are rich. We are prosperous. Jesus said, but you're poor and blind and naked. Because Jesus was talking about spiritual things. Look at what He said to the church in Smyrna. Over in Revelation chapter 2. Now, by the way, I have outlines prepared of tonight's lesson as well that you'll be able to pick up. I don't know how this happened, but when you read the outline, under this point, it's going to say this was the church of Philadelphia. I don't know. I'll have to get a new editor or something, but it's the church of Smyrna. Just remember that if you get the outline. Church of Smyrna. And I know that, and I knew it when I wrote the outline. But uh, these things happen. Church of Smyrna. Verse 9 of Revelation 2, he said, I know your works, your tribulation and poverty, but you are rich. They had tribulation. They had problems. There were folks that were oppressing them and persecuting them. They were poor and miserable by the standards of the world and based on physical things. But Jesus said, you are rich. Why? Because they were focusing on spiritual things. And they were wealthy in the things that counted. Maybe not in the things that don't count, but in which we place so much stock. But they were wealthy in God's eyes because they were focused on the spiritual. If Jesus were to write a letter to this congregation, Dear Franklin Church of Christ, I know your work. Would He have to rebuke you? because of being focused on the physical? Let's face it, Franklin is a very wealthy community. Lots of folks here, very well blessed. As a congregation, it's a nice building. Lots of nice things and a facility here. Sure could be easy to look at that and say, oh, guess we're right with God. Everything's okay. Look at how He's blessed us. Could be easy to do that if you're focusing on the physical. Or would He praise you for focusing on the spiritual and thinking about things such as truth and standing up for the truth and building up and lifting up people in Christ based on the Word? What if He were right to write a letter to you as an individual? Would He have to rebuke you for focusing on the physical? Boy, isn't it hard to go into Best Buy and not just drool. Uh, it is for me. Maybe not for you. Maybe your store is... Is there a Bass Pro Shop around here somewhere? A Pro Bass Shop? I never can't remember how to say the name. But I don't, yeah. Okay. Boy, I know for some of you it's probably got to be hard to go in there. So easy to want all those things. The material things. The physical things. And to worry about how big your house is and what kind of car you drive and what kind of clothes you wear. And though it's so easy when you are blessed to allow that to mean, oh, God must be happy with me. But still just focusing on the physical. Would God have to rebuke you for that? Or could He praise you because your focus is on the spiritual things? No matter what's going on materially in your life, 
when you be able to praise you because whether you're rich or poor, you're focused on God's Word, on learning it and understanding it, on living it, no matter what anybody else is doing and no matter what it costs you. What kind of letter would we receive? If Jesus were writing us a letter, would He have to rebuke us because we're trusting ourselves? Or would He be able to praise us because we're trusting in Him? Look again at Laodicea. I hate to pick on them, but they just did so many things. And we can learn so much from them. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 18. As Jesus counsels them on what they should do, we actually learn something about what they were doing wrong. In verse 18, He says, I counsel you to buy from Me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments, that you may be clothed, and that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve, that you may see. You see, the folks in Laodicea were focused on the gold that they could make. They were focused on their clothes and the eye salves that they produced. God says, that's your problem. What you need to do is need to buy that stuff from me. You need to be trusting in me. But they weren't. They were trusting in themselves. But notice what it says about all these other churches. Revelation chapter 2. The Smyrna church. Verse 9, we read a moment ago, I know your works, tribulation and poverty, but you are rich. And I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear any of these things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. The Philadelphian church, verse 8 of chapter 3, I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it, for you have a little strength. Have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet, and to know that I have loved you, because you have kept my command to persevere. I also will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. He said to these churches that they trusted in God. Of course they weren't going to fear. They trusted God. The tribulation was coming. They trusted God. They were being oppressed. They trusted God. They were being persecuted. They leaned on God. What about us? If Jesus were to write a letter to this congregation, would He have to rebuke you for trusting in yourself? Would He have to rebuke you for doing things your way and saying things like, well, I know what the Bible says, but we can go ahead and do this. It's no big deal. Well, you can't show me where it says we can't do that. Or would He be able to praise you for leaning on God? For recognizing that God's way is the best way, no matter what men think. Would He be able to praise you because in the face of persecution, you lean on Him and do things His way? Would He be able to praise you because in the face of false teachers, you persevere with the truth and you stand on it and you lean on it no matter how we are ridiculed? 
What if he were writing a letter to you as an individual? Would he have to rebuke you for trusting yourself? Well, I know how I should act in my marriage, but you know, really, if she would do what was right, I would do what's right. That's not what God says. Or would He be able to praise you because you lean on Him? At home, at work, at school, here in the congregation, in your neighborhood, doing things His way, getting into the Word of God so that you, should, you know how you should act at all times. Trusting Him and leaning on Him. What kind of letter would you receive? And one final thing for you to consider. If Jesus were to write a letter to this congregation, would He rebuke you for having only a reputation or praise you for having real strength? Notice what the letter says to the church of Sardis in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 1. To the angel of the church in Sardis write these things, it says, He who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know your works, that you have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. Sardis looked alive. When other churches looked at Sardis, they said, Oh, that's who we want to be like. We need to be like them. They looked alive. They had a reputation. But Jesus said, I know your works, and I know you're dead. I don't know how they had a reputation of life when they were dead. Who knows? Perhaps they had at one time been very much alive and they were still coasting on their past reputation. Perhaps it is that those few that he mentions down in verse 4, whose names, a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments and they shall walk with me in white for they are worthy. Perhaps there were a few members of the congregation that were doing so much that they were promoting this reputation that they were working and doing God's will and so it was actually their reputation. The rest of the church was just living off of it. I don't know. What I do know is they had a reputation of being alive. But they were dead. And Jesus rebuked them for it. But notice in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 2, here were churches that worked. The church in Ephesus, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you can't bear with those who are evil. In verse 9, to the, to the church at Smyrna, I know your works, tribulation, and poverty, and I know the blasphemy of those, and on he goes. In Revelation chapter 2 and verse 13, I know your works, and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, and you hold fast to my name, and did not deny my faith, even in the days which Antipas, my faithful martyr, who was killed among you, where Satan dwells, and even Thyatira, I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience. These were churches that were working. Who knows what kind of reputation they had, but their reputation didn't matter. What matters is that they were working. They were using what they had. It wasn't just a reputation. What if Jesus were writing a letter here? Would He have to rebuke you for having only a reputation? For looking alive and going through the motions but in reality being dead? Or would He be able to praise you for really working? Love, faith, patience, 
and perseverance. What if Jesus were writing you as an individual a letter? It's easy to have a good reputation among brethren. All you got to do is come to church, and they'll mark you down as faithful. Oh, they're a pillar of the faith. They've been coming to church here for 30 years, but they've only missed five times. It's easy to have a reputation. Or would he praise you for really using your strength, for really working, for getting out and teaching, for serving and ministering to others, for edifying others? What kind of letter would you receive? It's kind of sobering thought. Think about the letter that Jesus might write us. If you're like me, it would be a mixture of praise and rebuke. It'd be kind of nice if Jesus wrote us a letter, wouldn't it? Know what we could work on and what we needed to work on and what things we were doing right. But you know what? He actually has already done that. And it's right here. He's given us all that we need to know whether or not we should be praised or rebuked right here. We just have to treat it that way. Recognizing that this is our God. That He's told us what to do. He's told us the things for which we'll be praised and the things for which we'll be rebuked. And we need to study it and learn it and live by it day in and day out. Because the fact is, the next question we will answer is not what would happen if Jesus sent you a letter? What would he say then? The real question we have to answer is if I died right now and went before Jesus in judgment, what would he say? Because the way I live will affect what he says there. And believe you me, you don't want him to be rebuking you. You want him to be praising you and saying you are useful, entering good and faithful service. What will Jesus say to you? Would you please pull out your songbook?